All right, welcome to Esther Club. It's the global pandemic. I'm gaining weight rapidly. This isn't what I thought. It's June of 2020. It's June. I'm sorry, but New Year's Eve 2019, me having a full depressive episode in the room right there feels like five minutes ago. <laughs> I had the worst start to this year, like that I've ever had to any year. Um, and it, it's just, I'm never a person that's like 2015 sucks. Like this is what I've never been about that. Like, I think that's bad energy. I think it's, it's just bad news. I'm always very into like, you know, I, I feel like I learned in college, like, is that a fucking earthquake or did I just kick the coffee table? That's, yeah. Okay. Um, I used to have bad days, you know, where like it's two o'clock and you're like, well, today's just a bad day. And then the rest of the day is a bad day. Okay. I have gotten rid of those. I don't do that anymore. I forgot where I learned to stop doing that, but I think it was sometime in around college age where it's like, why, how did I, cause I used to, I don't know if it was like a therapist or a social worker or like some self-help book. I don't remember, but I don't do that anymore. There's no like, this is a bad day. The day is a loss, you know, so eat whatever you want or lay on the couch and wallow. Wallow is a weird word, but it somehow fits. Um, so now I'm talking about how I don't label my days bad anymore. I don't know why I'm talking about that, but it hopefully, and the way you do that is you just, it's like, there's no good days. There's no bad days. There's just days and you just get through them. And even that's like newer for me because I swear to you, I really believe that I was pretty normal before this year. I feel like I was not, I didn't have to like fight through the day to like get through it. You know what I mean? Like emotionally and mentally. Um, I don't know. I'm fine. You know, it's so fucked that I start the show like this because literally Annie, my friend Annie was like, yeah, people ask me if you're okay. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I guess they listen to your podcast. And I'm like, shit, what am I doing? I really am fine. Like, you know, when you have to say it, you know, when you have to like pressure people into believing that you're fine, then you really don't fucking sound fine. Um, you know what though? Like I'm really, guys, I'm really starting to consider getting on a plane and flying to Chicago because I mean, I don't remember if I told you guys this or not, but my best friend is getting married in December and last week she tried wedding dresses on and I watched over FaceTime and that was really like my first moment of like, wow. I'm not like, wow, this is sad because this has been sad for a long time, but wow, like I'm missing out on life. I, I, I am. And I know that might sound cheesy, like it's just your friend's wedding dresses, but like that, oh, there's just so 
few normal life things that I give a shit about. I don't care about my own wedding. I don't care about um, part, like throwing a party for myself, a birthday party, somebody else's birthday. Like I don't care about these things. But my best friend, my one and only, her getting married and going through each of those steps with her, I mean, that is like all like that's it just is so important to me. Like she has been there through my moments, you know, when I went to her town where she lives, where I, when I did a weekend of stand up, like she was there. She watched my hour of stand up. She watched me do it four times in a row and get ready for my special. And we've just done so many things together. We've been best friends since second grade, literally like the day we met. And I just attribute that to like, I love a person who's just down. Like a person who's just like, yeah, sure, come over, bye. Like, the, and that was Christina. And so I just fucking clung to that. And so like, I guess what I'm saying is like, you know how there's the kinds of people who's like, the door's always open. I am that person who will always walk through the door. If the door is fucking open, I'm walking in and I'm sitting down and I'm hanging out. I'm listening. I'm talking. I'm doing all the things. So my point is, is that we're a great fit. I know I've talked about her on the show before um, in the earlier iteration of the show when we were back in the studio. But yeah, not being there to watch her try on wedding dresses in person. Like it was wonderful to do it on FaceTime and to get to see, but I mean, imagine it just really made me realize because before this, I've been like, we can do everything on Zoom. I'm fine. Everything can be done on Zoom. I FaceTime with my friends. I, but now I'm like, I wasn't there sitting there with her mom, sitting there with her babysitter. <sighs> Fuck, I do think I talked about this last week, which means I'm not over it. You know, I wasn't there and that makes me feel like an experience that I'll never get to get again is gone. And again, I know this is like small potatoes as hell, but this is just where I'm at. And her birthday was this week. I missed her birthday. <sighs> Anyways, I'm really like, I get it. We all want this to be over. We all don't want it to be a global pandemic. And we've all like, a lot of us have like done our homework, you know? A lot of us have sat at home and wiped down our groceries and didn't see friends, don't see friends. Like a lot of us are following those fucking rules because we're scared. And so I feel like as a rule follower of the last three months, I'm like, all right, I followed the rules. Like, let me out now, you know? Tell me it's safe to go get ice cream with my best friend and my parents over the summer. You know, I feel that the people I actually feel the most for right now are the are kids, my least favorite group. <laughs> my least favorite group of humans, children. I mean, I don't really mean that, but do I? I definitely prefer 
in the company of of everyone else. But I do love toddlers. And I love kids that I love. My point is, is I feel bad for kids right now who are missing school. Kids who should be in elementary school, middle school, high school, like, and I do think that this might have to do with just, I'm longing for those times in my life, but, and like how valuable they are and how short they are that like the thought that all these other people are missing out on like a year of the school year, you know, that makes me feel for them. And how will they be affected by this? And how different is are these next generations going to be? That's also what's so weird. It's like, I'm 32 years old, realistically. You know, even though I'm mentally, like, 11? 12? No. But it is weird being like, oh my god, I'm an old person. I'm... There's people younger than me that like have all identity that's different than the young person identity that I had. Like, these are like good people. Well, we say that, but like, they're also glued to their phones and fucking love TikTok. So they're not all like save the turtles. Um, but I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm excited. I don't look at this from like a negative. I'm an old person point of view, even though I made a, made it sound like that. I look at it from like, I'm so excited to see what these young people like do and think with the fucking world that they're in. Because our point of view is like millennials is just like, we're fucked in every way. And we're just going to sit on the couch and let the Postmates come. So I'm curious how these younger people will handle it. Especially, like, the whole new generation of people that are, like, staying at home in a pandemic. I don't know. I'm rambling because I, I don't I, I don't know anymore. I'm really glad, though, you guys connected with me on my story last week about being obsessed with my ex-boyfriend. Um, people seem to love when I talk about that. I can't just make this whole show about it, unfortunately. I, I Trust me, I wish I could. And I could. I could. But, but I don't want to make it all about that. Um, and sometimes people ask, why am I so obsessed? And other people are just like, I get it. It's like, you're over him, you just want information. But like, I'm on good terms with everyone I've dated, except for this one person. Now, the reason we're not on good terms, as I look back, I do think it is my fault. Um, because I was, I literally remember I was like bored in acting class when I was 21 and I was living out here and I was just texting him like, it's so weird that like we were still talking when I was out here already, but like for the first two months or whatever, I was just texting mean stuff, like literally bored, like trying to poke, you know? Um, why am I talking about this? I'm such a loser. Oh God, I'm such a loser. It's so crazy being such a loser. Wow. 
my friend John didn't know that I used to work at Equinox. He's like, why did you work at Equinox? And I was like, because I saw what a cool gym it was and I really wanted to work out there, but I couldn't afford it. So I was like, I'll just work there. And he was like, you're such a loser. And I was like, I think you're right. I think you are right. Um, but it's weird that I have so many friends now who have not worked jobs like that. I'm like, how did you not? I, I don't get it. Like, I was a babysitter. I worked at Press Juicery. I worked at Equinox. I was an assistant for a woman, not like a company. Um, I was a different kind of babysitter for someone else. I also did, like, I guess nanny slash babysitting. And then there were certain families that I would just, you know, be like Saturday night babysitting. And then others where... I was more like a second nanny helper, you know, like five days a week, but part-time. I just, am I missing anything? Oh, I worked at Hard Rock Cafe. Oh my God. Okay. I want to talk about my Hard Rock Cafe experience. Okay. So I really, when I first moved to LA, I really, 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 really wanted to be a server. Cause I was like, that's where the money is. Like, that's how you meet people. You know, all these Hollywood people are at restaurants. You're going to, you're going to get discovered if you, you're a server, whatever. So when I first got here, I like applied to every restaurant. Of course I moved here the worst time, literally like the 2009 recession, like the fucking height of it. No restaurants were hiring. Could not get a restaurant job. That's actually why I turned to babysitting. I never, ever intended to be a babysitter out here. Um, in fact, I never intended to babysit kids ever, but because my dance teacher, um, before I moved to LA, she had twins and needed help. And she just, she was, she really did not want to bring a stranger into her life. So it was more important to her that she just knew the person rather than like them having experience. Cause it was never going to be the person alone with the kids. She just wanted someone she knew around. And so I was like, okay, like, I guess, like, I don't know what to do. She's like, no, 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 trust me. So I became her babysitter. She, by the way, is like the greatest, most beautiful human ever. I've like, I've always had such great people I babysat for like the moms that I have babysat for are my heroes they're so they've always been so cool so um anyways so I had to become a babysitter because they couldn't find a waitressing job but then about a year after I moved out here I saw on Hollywood Boulevard that they were opening a hard rock cafe and they were hiring. So I'm like, perfect. Which by the way, then I, of many steps along the way learned not perfect. For one, that's one of the worst jobs you can get as a server to make money in LA because it's a tourist attraction. And the people who really tip big in LA are the people who are, I think, like the actual people of LA. Because I think restaurant culture is so huge here. And that's just where people throw their money like nobody's business. Like even I, who I'm not a big spender, like 
I fucking throw my money at restaurants. I always tip like whatever it is, 20 to 25%. Um, like, and I had to learn that because that was not what I thought before I moved here. Before I moved here as a college kid, I like never went to, I never paid for my own restaurant meals before I moved to LA. So I just thought like, I mean, I obviously tip, but I didn't know it was like 20 plus percent was like the minimum, but I know that now. But so my point is, is that the reason that restaurants, basically Hard Rock Cafe's tourists, you're not going to get those big LA tips. It might be different now where everyone from all over the world tips 20% now. I don't know. This was just at that time. So, but by the way, don't worry. It doesn't even matter what the tips were because just you wait. So I apply for a job and they're like, great, we're, come on in. We're starting our training program. It's like a two week, nine to five, like super intense, like corporate, like what are they called? PowerPoint presentations, like huge groups of people. This is training. So I show up, the training is at Hollywood and Highland at like some big space, whatever, with like the big, you know, um, PowerPoint. We're learning about the history of fucking Harry Morton or whatever, like the history of Hard Rock Cafe, who founded it, it's original one in London. Like we're learning all, we're literally like, which is so weird. That's like not normal for getting hired at a place, but, and it is like, I literally feel like this is American Idol. Actually, that was the, I'm sorry, the interview process was where I felt like American Idol because you went from like, you would like people, you would file in and you'd interview with one person, then people would get cut, you'd move on to the next round, then you'd interview again, you'd meet these people, these people. So that the interview process was like American Idol. And when I fucking got hired, I was like, like I didn't really do like woo, but like I felt like I made it to Hollywood and Highland Hard Rock Cafe. But you know what I mean. So anyway, so I get hired and like we're now I'm remembering like the room is buzzing with energy because all these people that got hired are just like so pumped, right? Because they fucking pump you up. These corporations, like they pump you up and make you feel like you truly did just get to the top 10 of American Idol, but you literally are just in training to be a server at Hard Rock Cafe. But you don't like you're in, you're in American Idol mindset. I promise you. Even me, who's like a fucking comedian, like who would know better, who should know better to make fun of this. No, no, no. I was fully drinking the Kool-Aid. So we get there. By the way, day, day one, I meet a cute guy. <laughs> like totally like day one, I have my like Hard Rock Cafe love affair started off. Um, we do the PowerPoints. We're learning all this shit. They teach us about pins. The the fucking pin culture at Hard Rock Cafe. It's crazy that I'm not still working there based on the, how cool the pins were. They like, sh everyone's like showing off their pins, like all the people that are training us and like how cool and limited edition all these pins are. And I'm like, oh my God, like I want all the pins. And then when you like answer questions, you can win a pin. And I'm like, I'm like 21 years old, 22 years old. I'm just like all in on this. Like I was so, when I moved to LA, it is, 
shocking. I'm not in a cult. I was ready for a cult. Any cult that could have snapped me up, they could have had me. Technically, like comedy is its own version of a cult. Luckily, the comedy area of LA that I landed in was the comedy store, which isn't like a one of the comedy places where they like take all your money. Like they don't want money from you. It's not like classes. Um, anyway, so it was a very healthy cult, I think. I mean, obviously, like, comedy scene has it, stand-up scene, like, has its problems, but healthy in the sense that the activity that the, my peers and everyone pushed was open mics. So I lived and breathed open mics and, like, finding my voice. So that was, like, the result of the cult that I had joined, cult in quotes. So I got lucky with that. But... Anyway, so I'm in the hard rock cult, right? Like, um, we're training, like I said, it's like every day for two weeks, nine to five. We're learning, we're getting quizzed, we're um basically uh they're like, oh, we're doing like games, like bonding games and shit. And like about like a few days, maybe the end of the first week, it becomes very clear that this we're all working towards passing a test, right? Like, so the test being the menu memorized. So I'm like, okay, like, okay. Like that can't be that hard, right? Well, have you fucking eaten at a hard rock cafe? You guys, there's so many items on the menu. Anyways, so, you know, every day consists of all these things I've been saying. And then I remember they would also like teach us how to make certain menu items. Like what does a server do? Cause you know, I, I had worked previously at Johnny Rockets in Illinois. So I kind of knew like sometimes the servers, for example, like at Johnny Rockets, the servers, you make your own milkshakes. The servers like, um, we would do our own cheese fries. We would do our own chili cheese fries. Like there's little things like the servers do themselves. So they were kind of teaching us those things. And, you know, they would just slowly keep saying like that menu will have, everyone will have a menu memorized. So people started to, people in the training started to get together in groups. So like after school, you know, and I remember like, so-and-so's, we're all going to this person's place. We're going to do flashcards. We're going to study. So I went to a couple of those hangs and I remember just kind of being like, everyone was like really like studying really hard. I was like, uh, um, and like, we're talking like I'm at like classic Hollywood, Los Angeles apartments, you know, all the ones like with that, like carpeting that is just not really great, which we have some of that where we're living, which I need to rip it up. There's like those long blinds, you know, which all this stuff, stuff that I was living with too, but it's just such like, it just evokes to me like an LA, like a Hollywood apartment, not Los Angeles, but like Hollywood. So, um, I'm, we're like all these people's places learning and I'm kind of slowly starting to realize like, I am not going to learn this menu especially because there's so many drinks. The drink menu, which there's like, I honestly think there were like a hundred drinks and each drink had like six ingredients. And these are, the ingredients are alcohols. 
I have never fucking had alcohol. So these are like a different language to me. I There's no world in which I'm going to memorize the six kinds of alcohols and juices in like a hundred different kinds of drinks. I'm like, I'm just not going to learn these things. So I kind of like, you know, a couple days into the second week, I kind of like start to catch on that. Like, I'm not going to catch on. I'm not going to learn many, but I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Because I'm going to fucking get by on my personality. Okay. I'm, I was a great server at Johnny Rockets. People always gave me great feedback. They'd always tell me like, you're serving reminds me like this old, old little lady was like, your serving reminds me of what it was like to get restaurant service back in the old days. You're so friendly. You know, I, I just ate it up because I, at Johnny Rockets, I was so happy. I had my fifties music. I had my stupid fifties outfit. Like I was making my smiley face ketchups. I was surrounded by burgers, fries, and milkshakes. Like that was my dream job. You guys, when I tell you, I don't need a lot to be happy. Well, to be happy, you know, not happy. Nobody's happy, but like, I don't need a lot to be, to get through the work day. I really don't. Like I could work at Johnny Rockets right now. They fucking are closing everywhere, which sucks. But like, I just love that job again. Like you're talking, you're meeting new people, you're engaging with them, you're helping them. And like, it was so much fun to be so knowledgeable about something. Anyways, even though now we're doing a story where I couldn't fucking learn the menu. But anyways, I'm like, I was such a great server at Johnny Rockets. I am going to get by on this job on my fucking personality. So it's test day. Didn't quite gather as many pins as I had wanted to along the way but it's test day and I'm, when I take my tests, hold on, sip of water. When I take my tests, I have a very clear strategy and that strategy is I know what I know and I know what I don't know. And my teachers growing up would always say Esther was always the first one to turn her tests in. And it's true. I speed through a test because I know what I know. And more importantly, I know what I don't know. So I am not going to sit there and pretend like the answer that I don't know is going to come to me because it's not because I don't know it. So I get my test. We're all sitting in the booth. The, you know, the, the Hard Rock Hollywood restaurant is still being built. You know, so it's empty, but there's the booths were finally put in. Some of the memorabilia was up. Now, I also, by the way, have been confused. I was so fucking stupid. I was so stupid when I was younger. Like at 22 years old, I might have been, I may as well have been four. Like I had a four-year-old's brain in some ways. It's very strange that I'm like able to function now. But when I was 22 working here, I was so confused. I didn't realize that Hard Rock Cafe and Planet Hollywood, I didn't know if I didn't realize they were two different things or like, I just didn't know that one was really different than the other. Like I just never, but so when they put the memorabilia up and it was like Jimi Hendrix and like all these like rock things, they had Fergie stuff though and Rihanna stuff. I was like, 
oh, there's no movie stuff. And I was like, oh, this hard rock cafe. Okay. So anyways, so we take the test. We're sitting in the booth in the empty restaurant. And of course, like I go, I speed through my test. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. It, this test is like a thick packet. It's it's ridiculous, right? It's fucking absurd, actually. Which is weird because my job now is is actor and I have to memorize lines. But that the difference is that that's part of that job, right? Waiters are not memorizers. Waiters have notepads, you guys. We write it down. We don't... I... Uh, also, it's Hard Rock Cafe. It's like a fucking... 30 page menu of garbage nonsense of like macaroni and cheese with chili on top. It's not some fucking fine ass dining place where like the waiter needs to know like all these details. No, it's hard rock cafe. It's about the experience. It's not about the fucking microwaved food. I just, I knew better. I knew that I didn't need to know. So I'm all proud of myself. Like I have my plan. I, I'm getting by this job on charm. I walk over to the manager's office. I turn my test in and um, I hand it to her and I just stand there because, you know, I'm just like, she's, and she, she opens it up page by page, page by page. And she's like, she looks at me, she's like, well, there's a lot of blanks here. And I'm like, I know. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know those ones. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you the test back so you can retake the test. I'm like, I don't know them. And she's like, well, you need to stay here and take this test. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I actually can't. I have shows in La Jolla tonight. I forget who it was opening for. Might have been Crystalia. I don't remember. But this was in 2010. I honestly think that I was with Crystalia and Owen Smith or Eric Griffin. Was it my shows? Maybe it was my shows with Katie Tatara, Owen Smith. And was it one other person? I don't know. So I'm like, I can't. I'm going to La Jolla. Sorry. She's like, okay, then I guess you're... You have to be demoted to a guest. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, I mean, you need to stay and take this test. I was like, I can't stay and take this test. I'm a comedian. I have to go do my comedy show. And it was so interesting, like, me not getting it. I, like, didn't understand that she did not give a fuck that I had a stand-up show. Like, I thought when I said to her, I'm a comedian, I have to go do my show, she'd be like, oh, yeah, go do your show and come back on Monday and we'll see that big smile on your face serving potato fries, whatever the fuck, cheesy tots. No, it did not go like that, though. It did not. She was such a stone cold employee. She was... Look, she did her fucking job. And now looking back, I realized that that test was a fucking test. The test was a test to see if you could work there. 
It wasn't just like, let's see how much you know and try your best. No, it was like, we know that some people will not survive this round and this is how we'll weed them out. We'll give them a test. It is a fucking miracle. It's a miracle that I am still alive. My parents, always goes back to them, gave me no life skills. <laughs> no reality lessons. I, how was I that stupid at 22? This is why I say we are children until honestly 28. I am a fucking, I was a full-blown baby kid until 28. And if it wasn't for Dave, my person who I'm engaged to, I would probably still at 32 be a child. And I meet people who are my age and older who are still children. And I'm so grateful that I'm not that slash I wish I was a child, but I was so stupid. I was so fucking stupid. But that's my story of how I trained to work at Hard Rock Cafe for two weeks and then was let go. Now, my I had a, like, like I said, the first day of training, I had a love affair. He ended up staying and getting hired because he did his homework. Um, and we were seeing each other for like a minute. But, you know, like any corporate restaurant training love affair, love affair, they fade quickly. Um, but in the heat of the moment, it was quite a fun tryst. Um, yeah, I can't believe how stupid I was. It's kind of impressive. I always like to think like, look, if you're beautiful and smart, big deal if you're successful, big fucking deal. That was probably easy. You're beautiful and you're smart. That shit was easy for you. But if you're stupid and you're not like that hot, this guy, it's actually any success you get is a huge deal. And you're, you should be very proud of yourself. And that's why I really appreciate any tiny thing I've ever done because it's a miracle. And if you're stupid like me, let me inspire you to know that you will become smarter. You will fail and you will get back up and realize that a test is actually a test and it is not, not a test. If someone says it's a test, it's a test. Sometimes you get tests and you don't even know they're tests, but when they say it's a test, it is actually a test that time. So I just hope that this story helps you see that you might be stupid like me. You might think of a time when you were stupid like me and now you're not. And you might remember to be grateful that you're not as stupid like we used to be. And I hope that it inspires you to make some high achievements for yourself outside of your stupidity level. 
Now, I used to have a podcast called Weird Adults, and it used to have a theme song where it was called Crazy Little Esther, Stupid Little Esther. She's become a weird adult. Okay, well, people used to say we don't like that it's a stupid because you're not stupid. And I used to be like, what are they talking about? But now I kind of get it. It's like I'm not really stupid anymore. But you guys, I was. I really was. And that Hard Rock Cafe story doesn't even scratch the fucking surface. But the moral of today's story is my parents ruined my life by giving me new life skills. And your only life goal should be to achieve things outside of your own stupidity. And most importantly, we learned that tests are tests and that you know what you know and you know what you don't know. You guys, it's a global pandemic. I don't know what I'm doing with my life other than making tie-dyes, which I will eventually start to sell for charity soon. So please be on the lookout for that if you can stand my anything about me still. Um, this is coming out on Tuesday. I think within the next couple of weeks, we'll be announcing more about my tie-dyes and more about going up. I still don't have a date for my special, but it's looking like it's going to be towards the end of the summer. I appreciate your patience with me at this time. And you guys, I'll see you next week.